Hey, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of A Power with Pops coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Uh, today I'm lucky to be joined by uh, a musician that I was lucky enough to see at the Hardback back in the 90s here in Gainesville, Florida. And the show actually blew. I remember the show very well because everybody was so amazed at how the drummer used the drums along with the guitars and like all this crazy different stuff that nobody had seen before. And uh, everybody had their record, and uh, we were all big fans, and uh, we were luck lucky enough to see them. And today I'm lucky enough to be uh, joined by... Uh, my name's Eric, Eric Richter. Um, obviously, uh, I guess you probably saw Christy French Drive, I'm assuming. You are Eric, correct. Was that early? Yep. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I've done a bunch of like stuff over the years. I was um, Antarctica, right? 101. Antarctica, directly yeah. after. Yeah, yeah, I did the 101, which was kind of like my... My attempt at a three-piece. Yeah, um, I like that album. Which, I like that stuff. That was good. I it was fine. You know, like, it was It was one of those things that kind of, uh, I don't know how well it worked. You know, like, there was stuff I really liked, and there's stuff I'm kind of embarrassed by right. in that time. Uh, but, you know, like, it was kind of, a, for me, like, it was weird not to play with another guitar player, because I was so used to that. Um, so that was kind of the uphill battle I had in that band. And then I kind of did... After that, a band called Golden City, which I really am proud of some of that stuff. Um, it was basically like the one-on-one, but with two guitars. Okay. And I felt like my songwriting, because they were kind of pop songs, I felt like my songwriting got a little better um, when I was doing the Golden City stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I was a little happier with some of the songwriting I did. But, right. Um, and that was on Magic Bullet, actually, okay. as well. So that was another label thing we shared that's, that's actually how i met brent is he heard golden city and liked it oh wow that's and cool. reached and reached out to me and wanted to do the golden city stuff and then eventually repressed all the christy french type stuff because caulfield records you know was kind of defunct at that point and, yeah um so um yeah that's how that all happened wow Anyhow. so so uh then um where where did you get your start? Like, when was your um? Do you come from a musical background? Is your family like really into music? Was anybody did anybody play music? Did I wouldn't say that. Um, I had my childhood was um, filled with my mom playing a lot of Don Ho and Neil Diamond. Okay. Um, so I mean that wasn't you know not that I dislike Don Ho or Neil Diamond. I actually have learned to like Neil Diamond more and more as I've yeah. gotten older. But as um, you get older, you definitely um, get it more for sure. <laughs> as a kid, it didn't really um, influence me. You know, right. like, uh, um, I had an older sister um, and some neighbors that were like the same age as my sister, and they kind of got me into Kiss okay. first right off the bat when I was like, I mean, I'm talking kindergarten nice. age to the point where my mom was concerned about me <laughs> being into Kiss because it was, you know, back then that was before we kind of know what kind of morons they are now. Right. Um, but uh, back then, they were kind of dangerous, you know? Right. Um, um, not all of them. I still, I'm still an Ace fan. Yes. And, uh, you know, I don't know what's up with Peter. But, you know, like, Gene Simmons is kind of, uh, and kind of seems embarrassing to me these days, but... Kind of like a used Paul's car family. salesman. Huh? He's like a used car salesman. I mean, you really, yeah, they seriously, like, I've never seen a marketing plan like that in my life. I mean, now that I'm older and you look back like wow man they sold everything yeah you know coffins and um, yep. but um but when i was a kid though they were still like kind of dangerous they went out there like you know knights and satan's you know service, service or whatever yep. they you know they tried to make an acronym out of but um 
So my mom was concerned, but I was really into it. And that's kind of how, you know, I thought they were so cool looking. And I actually really liked their music. I still like their music, actually. I mean, yeah. Um, there's some of the early records, like Hotter Than Hell is a great record, you know, yeah. if you ask me. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big Dr. Love fan, so I like that song a lot. Oh, like, yeah. No, I mean, if you really go back and listen to the records, they're pretty good. Yeah. I mean, and I, uh, even up till they... Everyone thought they were disco. I thought Dynasty is a pretty good album. That's an actually but... banging album. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, um, and then from there, you know, like, I just got introduced and I was, you know, a big music fan at that point. And there was this really great TV show in Colorado called FMTV. It was kind of like MTV before MTV. Um, it was on every Sunday. And they started playing stuff like Iron Maiden and Devo oh, and wow. um, The Vapors. And then that's kind of how I, got, I remember seeing actually the first time I heard the Beatles really because they play they would play um, these little videos they'd do off of Magical Mystery Tour or something and I'm, I got into a lot of stuff off that um, and especially punk rock and metal kind of um, stuff at that point because I heard the Vapor you know the Vapors and they had the Turning Japanese video and oh yeah I, re- I really liked that when I was a kid like the Vapors are so cool but I didn't realize they were kind of a jam ripoff at the time right. um but, you know, and that kind of just grew from there. And then my cousin turned me on to Minor Threat and Dead Kennedys, and then it just kind of took off from there. Okay. Did you, uh, so, so around that, so what time, when did you start uh, actually wanting to pick up uh, an, an instrument and, like, start actually expressing yourself as an artist and using words and, and, and sounds to, to get a point across or maybe a feeling or a mood? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I started playing instruments early because I remember actually my mom bought me this little kiss guitar and I started strumming it didn't I don't even I don't remember you could even tune the thing but and I wish I would have kept it because it's worth like two thousand dollars now but um it's like one of those (laughs) weird things they sold almost like their lunch boxes you know um but I started strumming on that and I I mean I became fairly obsessed with guitar like where I started getting acoustic guitars and my parents just bought me a this kind of fake Stratocaster at one point in my teens, but I was playing, I probably started seriously playing at nine, oh, maybe. Wow. Okay. Um, or I was listening to records, because I kind of was self-taught where I would listen to records and I would just try to learn the songs. I did that, like, and I, I went through a metal phase, so I was learning a lot of Def Leppard songs, and um, um, I really liked that sort of stuff at the time, like Def Leppard and um, Motley Crue, like, when, I mean, my first concert was Motley Crue, like, on nice. a theater paint tour. Yeah. Um, I was really into that sort of, not the real hair metal. There's, hair metal wasn't as lame early on. Right. You know, it kind of more came out of Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne than Motley Crue. And, yep. you know, the early hair metal bands are still kind of dangerous in a way. Yeah. Um, like Wasp? <laughs> oh, I loved Wasp. I yeah. loved Wasp. No, Wasp I, I that first it, Wasp record I still listen to, actually. That's a great album. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, so that stuff. And then punk rock you know that got introduced to punk rock and that changed a lot of stuff for me as well but that's you know so i started learning stuff on guitar um i just like listening to it um and that's kind of how it took off and then you know once i maybe discovered punk i realized it was how easy it was to play like a few chords and write a song you know especially like i remember um hearing social distortion and like learning a lot of the songs on prison bound and um I would kind of sing those and play them, and um, and uh, from there, like I remember, like early, like Sam I Am, I got really into like the kind of the Lookout Records stuff. Um, 
Sam I am and Jawbreaker and all that stuff. And then of course Discord, you know, the after I heard Minor Threat, then I you know, kind of find Jawbox and Shudder to Think and all those bands. But um, that's kind of how, I'm not, that might be over-explaining it all, but um, but I was always interested in playing uh, instruments of some sort early on. So, so, so what was the first band? Did you, did you, did you and like some, just a couple of buds just start a band like when you were in high school, middle school? Did you just start throwing stuff together or did you just somehow hop into Christie Front Drive and just start going from there? No, I started playing. I mean, I met a kid named Bert in um, middle school and we would get together. He had this kind of broken down drum set and we would just kind of write these songs and play. And, um, um, and my cousin, um, who I was really close with, he started playing with us and we started learning a bunch of punk songs that we learned like descendant songs and all songs. And, um, <laughs> we do a lot of covers. We weren't really writing a lot. Yeah. And then I would play with another kid I knew in high school. Um, we would get together and play like anything from Slayer, which we are, couldn't really do cause we weren't really that good. Yeah. Um, Little but we fast. could play Misfit covers really good, though. We could do, like, and yeah. seven seconds. We do, like, seven seconds of Misfit songs. Um, which we could do those because they were easier. I mean, trying to play a Slayer song when you're, like, 14 years old is impossible. Right. <laughs> like, they're too good. Right, um, yeah, right. Yeah, but, for sure. But I'm sure you can pick up a guitar and do a Misfit song pretty, pretty easily at that time. You know? We did a great version of Hybrid Moments. I remember that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So it's so funny because all the bands you're mentioning are like, I, I grew up in Sarasota, Florida. So it's like we grew up on the west coast of Florida. So we're kind of like, we got a lot of like heavy metal music right before the punk came in. You know, like I, I didn't get punk, or, we didn't get punk music till like 83-ish is when like one of the first few punk bands started playing in Sarasota. And, but before that, it was all like Iron Maiden you know kiss it was all the same thing like everybody was listening to metal music like the metal heads were like the kids the most of the people in my middle school were metalhead kids you know so sure and i went through that phase too i was a huge maiden fan and um you know that'd be like i remember i I saw them a few times live um yeah i was definitely i went for a while i was like i really wanted to be really metal for a while but like outside middle school I decided, you know, I, I wanted to, like, dress like Nikki Six at one point and, like, grow my hair out, but my mom would let me grow my hair out and stuff. And, right. um, but I did have a jean jacket and with, like, patches and stuff on it, you know? Yeah. Like, I did that. <laughs> um, um, but, and then, you know, back then it was funny because then I got into punk and I'm like, well, I don't know if I can, like, both types of music yet. Um, yeah, that was always the identity. conflict. I said that was always the conflict, and I think DRI crossover really tried to cross, you know, combo the metal and the punk rock together. That and it was. I mean, as you get older, you just realize it because you just you're so worried about the way it looks. You know, right. like yeah, um, for sure. you know, like I can't be metal and punk. I can't like be uh, into metal and or it really is like worse if you're a punk and you're listening to metal. Yeah. I feel like. I mean, I feel like you could cross a lot of the metal bands would cross over to punk. You know, you'd see Metallica wearing like Necro shirts and like stuff like that, but um, um, Dead Kennedy shirts. But uh, like the, I feel like when you're a punk, they, the punk thought the metalheads were kind of you know like idiots for the most part. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. But uh, but that's all the things you think about when you're young and dumb, you know. So how is it that you went from all like wanting to play fast and 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 
playing all the types of music that you were doing or listening to everything and ended up coming up with something that was, um, I would have to say at the time, probably one of the most kind of realistic records I ever listened to. Because the first time I listened to it, we were it was played, we, we turned the lights off, we were all chilling out. In, in like all these sounds and everything like it seems so bigger but are you talking about the first uh christian french IBD? yes 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 the, uh, like how yeah, did you go um, from going from wanting to play such fast stuff and going super heavy or wanting to play heavy to like coming up with something like that because to me those are i mean i yeah it was like they're 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 totally like on two different sides of the coin. True. Um, and, but I was listening, you know, I was ever changing my musical, um, you know, uh, influences, you know, like then I, you know, then I went on to like, I think Christy Front Tribe started, you know, cause there was a point where I was really getting into bands like Super Chunk and, um, and, um, you know, like once I started hearing stuff like that, Buffalo Tom was a big one for me. I loved that. Um, um, you know, like, I just, I mean, the Pixies even kind of started that, because um, even when I was kind of a metalhead, I remember seeing a Pixies video and being like, I like those guys, can I like this guy, you know? Right, right. But, um, and my sister actually made fun of me, he was like, oh, you like this? You know, but um, I was like, no, this is a great song, and then, you know, I remember picking up Doolittle, you know, and, uh, um, you know, but then I started getting to the punk stuff, and then, like, the the East Bay stuff and Lookout and that wasn't the Christy Frontier wasn't too far off of that stuff right. you know um, in fact you know I feel like um, about the time we started Christy Frontier we were doing I mean, we started doing we actually did a super junk super chunk cover at one point and uh, but you know the actual sound of Christy Frontier I'm not sure exactly how it happened um, it was one of those things where we just all four got together um, <clears throat> I had gone to high school with them and I was in another band called um, Turnkey at the time, and I was a little older than them, um, than the other guys in Christie Front Drive, maybe, but not by much, just a couple years, but when you're in high school, that seems like a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, and they asked me to come over and just kind of jam with them once, and I was like, oh, whatever, you know? I was kind of like writing it off, and then it was just one of those things we got together, and we, when we started playing, it just fell together so easily you know it was so weird it was like one of those kind of magical like wow we like wrote like a couple songs the first time we got together um we had written that first ep i mean i think we recorded that within six months of being together basically um and we had written all those songs like right away you know it just kind of they just kind of happened you know it's one of those kind of things that when you're playing you just have this chemistry it's people that you don't expect and um it just fell into place really easily, you know, that whole thing. And Carrie was in another band, the, uh, the bass player was in another band yeah. with Jason and Ron, and he had showed up on the wrong day. And um, he was playing guitar at the time. I'm like, we already had two guitar players, just go pick up that bass. And I think we wrote another couple more songs that day, and we're like, we should keep this going, you know. Oh, wow. It's just like, something seems to be clicking, you know. So, and that's kind of how Christy Front Drive happened. But I think, you know, we started writing originals pretty much right off the bat. Do you, uh, um, do you, do you, do you, um, do you get that a lot when people talk to you about that band, like the effect that the band had on like other p- 
people, like other, like you were like, everybody knew about you from coast to coast at the time. And it was, it was, and it seemed to happen. I'm not, I'm probably not very quickly because you guys toured and did, you know, did your road work and stuff, but it's like, you guys' stuff kind of just, I don't know, it seemed like it got from one, one side of the country to the other pretty quick, and like a lot of people just, no matter what part of the country you were in, people got it. Yeah, you know, it was kind of lucky. It was one of those things that touring helped a lot, because we were playing a lot of shows. You know, and we, you know, uh, not for nothing, you know, I mean, I think we were okay band, you know, I don't think we were like the greatest band in the world, or like very revolutionary, um, but we were pretty, you know, we, we were good with melodies, we I think, and, like, we played well together. And so, like, you know, people would see us and be like, oh, I like those guys, you know, like, all right, you know, and uh, we started getting some good reviews, like, um, the Heart Attack review was really big for us, Um, when it was a very glowing review in Heart Attack, and that, I remember after that review, and I've talked about this before, like, just how things kind of opened up to us, because a lot of people were reading Heart Attack at the time, and, um, and then, like, um, Punk Planet and those zines at the time were very, you know, would say very nice things about us. So I think a lot of people would read about us or maybe hear word of mouth like, oh, I saw this band that I, you know, that was all right. Um, And I think, you know, it was a word of mouth and that touring was big, though. I mean, like, when you go out and tour, it really does help a lot, you know, like just going out and having people see you play. And That was definitely the original version of, like, Twitter or Messenger was... You just had to tour all the time during the 90s and, and, and hit all these small towns and people would just get to know you and they'd tell their friends and the next time you came through, exactly. you'd have 100 more people. And the next time you came through, there'd be 300 more people. And oh, so, yeah. I mean, our first tour, we were playing in people's living rooms. I mean, yeah. like, literally. We, um, we like, I remember playing in, like, uh, whatever that town is right below San Francisco, if it's Santa Rosa or I always get it mixed up, but. I remember just showing up to the house and like, all right, let's, you know, the guy who set the show, right. he's just, we were like, where are we playing? He's like, well, right here. And we're like standing in his living room. Like, all right. So we ended up playing to like, really like him and like eight of his friends. I mean, oh. just passed a hat around. <laughs> like we're just playing in this guy's living room. It was so weird. You know, we had yeah. a lot of shows like that. Oh, but yeah. then we'd play these cool shows. And stuff. But if you went to like a town where there was a music scene like Seattle or something, you know, you'd play like kind of cooler shows. We ended up. You know, like just happenstance played with Modest Mouse the first time we were in Seattle. Like oh, when wow. they just like one of their one of their first shows like ever. Um, they actually opened up for us, which is crazy. Um, you know, like because it, it was like one of their first shows, and I remember Carrie coming. To, I actually didn't watch them. Um, it was at this place called the Goat House that was in Seattle for a while, and yeah. Carrie came to me afterwards like, "You should have seen this first band that played. They were fucking amazing." And I was like, "Damn, I should have watched them." Yeah, but at the time, you know, <laughs> when you're touring, you don't want to watch every band because you get so sick of seeing bands sometimes. You know? oh, like, yeah. I'm just gonna go outside and not hear noise for a second, you know. Right. Um, but so I missed the Modest Mouse, but. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, we'd play, it was like us, Modest Mouse, and uh, the makeup, which was kind of cool, you know. Um, but, you know, so we'd get on, this, we were, like, playing a lot of shows with a lot of, a lot of really cool bands, too, you know. Um, Sinsfield, we played with on the first tour. Yeah. Um, you know, bands like that. Was, I love that really... band so much as well. Like, that's another band, okay. like, they'll be missed. Like, it's, it's... Oh, I know. They it, were fantastic. It was, uh, that was heartbreaking for me as as a music lover. And someone who who wanted to always just write music to make people dance and have a good time, and the main reason why I do this podcast now is to like share the stories and 
to make people understand and you know where artists come from and what they do and the, their lives and the work and everything else and everything else that they put into it you know that most people don't know about and it's like a lot of people work you know give themselves completely to an art that can take you away you know no uh, I feel like we almost didn't have a, like a choice you know we were just we were young and like it was easy to say. Back then, I don't. Maybe I don't. I I just assume it was. Right. I haven't tried lately. But back then, you could just kind of get in a van and like, and they had that book, Your Own Fucking Life, that Maxim Rockwell awesome. did, and you could call yep. people up. And we were lucky at the time. This kid in Denver had just paid for us to make that EP, um, that Free Will Records. And uh, so we had records we could actually send to people and be like, Hey, we'd like to play. And we would send that EP out. And oh, people, wow. You know, a lot of times people are like, oh, I like the EP. You can definitely come play, you know. So um, it was kind of easy and it was just fun. You know, like when you're, um, when you we're just kind of, we were like 20, you know, like getting in a van and just taking off with a blast. Were you, know, like, <laughs> you guys were really you know? young. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you, you had nothing to lose then, you know, like yeah. it was, we liked playing music and it's, and it's it was, you know, who doesn't want to get in a van and like travel across the country and just like meet people and play shows and you know it was, it was a it was a lot of fun we had a lot of we had a lot of really good times definitely and you're not that when you're that young too you don't care if you're sleeping on people's floors or right. you know whatever you're yeah. just like this is great we're having such a good time so, so I, I remember that... the Gainesville show I remember doing the oh. um we actually that next day we there was a uh, um, a river that you would uh, inner tube down. Yes. You know what? We actually uh, that's how we met the braid guys. They were playing like the next day. We actually met them at the river and. Oh okay. Yeah. Inner tube down there. I remember meeting <laughs> those guys. Which is kind of funny. That's Florida for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't make it sense. It was awesome. It's, that was a great intertube ride. It, it, <laughs> it was a, Florida Gainesville is such like the uh, it's like the weird black hole in Florida. It kind of it doesn't make sense, you know. It's it's like it's got it's country is it's pretty country, but it's it's punk as shit, you know. Like yeah, it was cool. We had a good time. I just remember being really fucking hot. Yes, <laughs> very, yes. I was like, God, it's so hot. Summer. Summer's a bitch here. Very, very, very warm. Very warm, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, again, and there was a bar. Like, we were with, um, at that point, like, I think bar, we were staying at his house. Yeah. It was odd. Every time we were in town, he was never in town. So we spent a lot of time with, I don't know if it's, do I want to say Annie? Does that sound right? Did he have a girlfriend named Annie? I'm going to feel bad because it's just been so yeah. long. Maybe. Uh, um, we used to spend a lot of time with her because she would kind of take us around town. Right, right. Um, but uh, whoever he was dating at the time would kind of take care of us when we were in town because he's like, "Oh, I'm going to be out of town." You know, <laughs> um, I didn't. I don't even know if I've even technically met the guy, really, really? <laughs> which is odd. That's hilarious. You know, just like would write back and forth. That's funny. Um, but I could be wrong because I have a bad memory at this point. Yeah. I spent a few years. <laughs> No, no, that's that's it's a good story. It's funny because it's like Gainesville was always so. We want we always wanted to. I mean, even prior to me moving here, the main reason why I moved here was to roadie for a friend's band of mine, and I was their first roadie, and I ended up roadieing for some other bands and played music myself. And I, I, the main, you know, like moving to this town was to to be able to be lucky enough to see music every night of the week and 
get lucky enough to run into it run into new bands that you would never think of because like growing up in sarasota like it, like i said it was all rock and roll you really didn't hear that much underground or indie music that much in the 90s like it kind of just faded away but as soon as you got to gainesville for some reason the diy movement was a little bit stronger so you got more of the underground movement and the zine movement again and it was oh yeah i mean you popular. had no idea no idea was huge everywhere you yeah. know like everyone wanted to be a part i mean when we got asked to be in that no idea comp we were like very flattered you know like holy shit that's awesome you know, yeah. we definitely want to be on it yeah because um, they were doing stuff i remember like because being into the east bay stuff i remember when they put out that crimp shine seven inch yeah. and uh it was like a sam i am was that the one that was a split between sam i am and crimp shine or um, which one was a no idea one? I have to look at my record collection. Ooh, yeah. But um, I mean, I was like, man, they put out a Crimp Shine record. They're fucking awesome, you know. Right. Um, so now it was. It seemed like uh, that whole. You know, you had that thing going there. I mean, everyone wanted to play there because they wanted to kind of be part of that no idea scene. Uh, yeah. Scene that was going on. I was. Um... So going going on tour, how long did you all tour together fully, completely as Christy Front Drive and as a band? Like when did when did that? How long did that last you? What I'm sorry, I missed the first part. How how, how, how like long? How, like how long all together did you all end up touring for? And how much? Like how many years together was Christy Front Drive? Like what was your full run? How many years? We weren't together very long. I mean, I feel like we started. 93-ish and okay. I think we were done by 96 because wow. um, I had decided I wanted to move to New York City because on one of the tours you know we, we stopped there and I ended up kind of really falling in love yeah. with the city and wanting to move there so I did that and I mean we were kind of done anyways like I think we had kind of run our course right um I remember Carrie at one practice, like, I don't know, and just, just kind of saying, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And I'm like, well, I kind of went to New York City, so it kind of all worked out. Right. Um, and so then, as you um, got together, you kind of dissipated. Like, it kind of happened, and then it just kind of dissolved in, in the same way. Yeah, and it wasn't even like a, a big fight or anything. You know, like, we, we left on good terms. You know, like, I think there's a DVD of the last show. You know, we were still really... You that's, know, good friends. When that's we, pretty we cool. That playing. that's pretty cool. You were part of something that was so short lived, but had such a big impact. I think across the music board, for at least for me, and how you guys got together was kind of like accidental, and how you broke up was just as easy. Like that seems that seems to be like an interesting uh, three year trip to me. It still blows my mind that you you know even you saying that like it was so influential and everything you like. It's just it's one of those things that at the time we didn't feel it, you know, like it wasn't like we just felt like every other band, you know, there was bands we thought they were way better than us, you know, we were playing with bands like Jimmy World and Vitreous Humor and all those bands are like, Man, we're not as good as these bands, you know. Right. Um and it's just weird to hear back now. I, you know, this whole idea of us being you know, kind of how you're describing us really didn't happen till later. Like it was almost like it, looking back, I feel like it kind of like it almost like it kind of grew you know, as time went on. And I think cause some people didn't get to see us, you know, um, when we were around, because a lot of people didn't, because a lot of people weren't going to shows like that. Right. You know, I think they kind of romanticized us a bit. <laughs> you know, that's what I feel like. But um, I don't know. But, you know, it's not, I'm not trying to do like a false modesty thing. It's just really, it didn't feel like it at the time, like we were like really no. changing anything or having like, you know, you know, 
didn't have that vibe at all. We just felt like a, a band. We, we thought we were pretty good, you know? We were a decent band, and uh, we did what we did. And then just the fact that people still talk about us now just amazes me, you know? Just, it just, I never thought that would have happened. Uh, you know, this would have happened. The only reason why I do is because, I mean, like, I'm 48 years old, and I still play, you know, these records, and I still listen to them, so... And when I listen to them around people that are like 20, 21 years old, they're like, oh my God, who's that? And I'm like, you don't know who that is? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, that's, you need to get online and look up Christy Front Drive right now and, you know, look at all the other stuff they've done. Because I'm trying to keep, I want everyone to know where the music that they're listening to now originated from. And I don't mean to say that in a, in a, in a, like, real over modest way, just because. I, being 48, I went through disco, rock, punk, hip-hop, you know, I've seen the growth of music, the 80s pop music, whether it be American or British pop, and, but there was something specific about this 90s style music that happened around this time period, all these bands you're talking about, your band, Jimmy Eat World, uh, Hot Water Music, you know, oh, yeah. all, all these other, really all these crazy bands from all over the country doing the same DIY, bust your ass on the road, hand around a hat at the end of the show, hopefully make a hundred bucks so you can get to the next place that you need to get to. And, sure. and we were all lucky enough to be part of the the group that would take care of you no matter where you showed up. Because you really would never, if you were broke, you'd still get fed. You know, sure. If you were, oh broke, yeah, we ate a lot of pots of chili. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> you know, you were always taken care of. There was always the cheap beer, and there was always the cheap other stuff. And uh, it's funny, we weren't much. We were big drinkers at the time. I remember very that. Very smart I really, move. I was definitely a weed smoker at the time. Um, Probably a better <laughs> <I> move. <laughs> and which was actually led me into Antarctica, really. But um, because obviously you can tell we were we were high in that band. But um, um, not everyone, but. Um, I was definitely more of a weed person. I didn't really start drinking until later, but um, but yeah, no, lots of chili. You would always go to someone's house, and chili was an easy thing to make. You could make it a lot for you know yep. for a certain amount of people, or spaghetti or something. Yeah, we had a lot of, and then, and then of course, you know, our five dollar a day per diem. We'd go to Taco Bell sometimes when we were really splurging, um, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But uh. Yeah, no, but I, I appreciate that. I mean, and, and I do appreciate everyone who helped us. You know, I mean, that was great. You know, it was like it was a real community. And it was a lot of fun, you know. Um, and it's just, I feel very lucky that, you know, you know that you remember us like that. No, no, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those things, like, like I said, I'm a music lover, so I always have followed the bands that I, that kind of like, at the time of my life, when they, they touched me, I was lucky enough to be a roadie for a band that traveled and got to see some of these experiences that bands that were going to one day, I mean, I mean, to me, Hot Water Music still being together. Oh yeah, they're still together. It's crazy they're still together. I mean, did they, did they stop for a while and then get back together? It was like a very short, it was like, it was supposed to be a long time and then it ended up not being a long time. Like, it's just like the fact that they're still able to sell out shows and, and do, and write new records still. And, yeah, that's and cool. It's nuts. It's 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 like it's it's hard to believe it because they never believed that they'd ever be in this situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like they were nice. I remember hanging out with them a few times back then. They were really nice guys too. Like they were. I always I always liked those guys. Yeah. Very sincere. Wonder. 
very sincere guys, very, very emotional, like real honest, upfront people. Uh, and, and I think luckily we were lucky enough for Gainesville to have a lot of people like that, you know, like to help, always, sure. always willing to help out bands and do what we could. And, and so after Christy Front Drive, you started these other bands. So, so was the next one Antarctica, you said? Yeah, the next one was Antarctica. And, um, and, and what, year, what year did that one? I would say like 90, well, I moved to New York City in 96. Okay. Um, maybe, I feel like it didn't start too long after that. I mean, I feel like we were around, I mean, that's really hard to say. It's so hard to like with the years, but like we, I mean, I think we went up until like 2000 or so. Oh, wow. Um, maybe 96 to 2000, 97 to 2000. It took me a while to find people to play with when they first moved to New York City. Right, um, right. I'm sure it was then, a, a strange transition. <laughs> no, it was cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was just like knowing there was a big scene of kids there. I mean, like we met people because we met them to the Texas is the Reason when we played there at ABC No Rio. Like, yep. there was a big group of kids that all knew each other there. And Glenn, who was a, the drummer of Antarctica, was kind of part of that group of kids and um i was kind of an outsider you know but you know i was in a band and we would play with texas so like i kind of moved in and became friendly with the you know that group of kids in new york city yeah um and then we started that band chris uh glenn had been friends with chris who was the other guitar player did a lot of the songwriting too in the band um yeah, but that that band was a lot of fun too. I really enjoyed that. Was that a was that like a really uh, New York inspired uh, band? Do you know? What I, I mean? would say New York inspired. I think we were really into. I remember at the time we were listening to a lot of like shoegaze music. I was really into Ride and Sword Driver okay. and um, stuff like that. And then Chris, I don't know. You know, actually, it wasn't them. It was kind of a weird coincidence. I had a this girl I was dating at the time it was getting a lot of free CDs because she worked at a label and she had gotten a CD from this band Underworld um, it was kind of an electronic band from England um, yeah. that I really really liked at the time and that's kind of because Antarctica kind of went an electronic direction right. and it just so happened that like Chris and Glenn and all the um, they really liked Underworld too and were like it would be cool to do stuff like this you know um, and just kind of mix it with like shoegaze music um, it's funny that's kind the, of what that band that's kind of where that band was coming from it's funny the more you're talking the more I'm realizing the, I think it was my band that wanted to be like you, the bands that you were in because the second band you're talking about your second band Antarctica the same guys that I was in Someday Soon with we started a different band that went with a three piece towards electronic music along with like guitars and stuff too that's yeah. so funny. I don't. It's it's like we were in two different, like we were a Gainesville version of you guys and a very bad yeah. version of you at that. But well, you know, we weren't always the best version of ourselves either. <laughs> but, you know, I think Antarctica got we got. Unfortunately, Antarctica broke up like right when I, right when we got really good. Where I thought like we played this last show at Wetlands in, in New York City and we just come off this tour and I, it was, I thought we, I just remember after the show, it's like, we were really good tonight. You know, like it was like, we were really starting to hit on all cylinders and then it just kind of fell apart. Um, 
just through, I mean, it wasn't like a bad breakup, but it was, you know, it was not, it was a little awkward. Yeah. Um, I think the other guitar player wanted to kind of distance himself from like, because I was kind of the rock side of the band. He was doing a lot of the digital stuff, but I, which I thought was all really cool. But I think he wanted to go really digital and kind of um, play off yeah. kind, of, kind of what my influence of the band was. So it just kind of, it was awkward. You know, I didn't really know at first that they didn't want to play with me anyway, because I, I mean, more or less, they kind of like started another band without me. Right. <laughs> you know? was, yeah, so I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> I guess uh, it's like there was almost, I think there was a hard times. Right. Like, you know, the hard times on, you know, you see the, it's like the onion, but like a punk rock onion. Yep. I think they had one of the, <laughs> one of the uh, headlines was, uh, Band side project is everyone in the band except for the bass player. Yeah, exactly. But, um, <laughs> and the bass player never, never finds out. <laughs> and that's what happened to me. They had another band without me. Um, um, so that's okay. My band that, that I was in did the same thing to me. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. You know, it's sometimes you're the. That's funny. Some, you, you do get ditched sometimes. It yeah, happens. you do. You do. So um, after Antarctica, you did. Uh, you said uh, 101 as well. The 101, yeah, which was like kind of like my idea of like, you know, almost doing like a Husker Du sort of like three-piece rock band. Not okay. as we never got close to being that good, but, um, you know, I would almost say like R.E.M. Husker Du influence in a way. Yeah, Not yeah. that R.E.M. was a three-piece, but like for some reason, uh, I think songwriting-wise, I was doing like, I really always liked Peter Buck's guitar playing, so like I think I borrowed a lot of stuff from him in that band. Um, and then which went to the Golden School, which went to Golden City, which was like just like really just like a just like a pop band, really, yeah. um, with you know influences in that sort of same realm. Yeah. But uh, and then I did Highness with uh, with Brent from Magic Bullet and uh, um, Brandon from. Uh, um, Brandon from Studio uh, Caterpillar, page 99, we kind of did something. And then Graham, who was in a band with uh, Brent before. Um, and then Ryan, he was in a band called The Darkest Hour before. I think he was in City of Caterpillar, too. Yeah. Um, we just kind of got together. Brent kind of threw the whole thing together, and we gave it a go. But uh, it was a cool band. We have one, we have one album out. It's pretty good. <laughs> it turned out pretty good. Right on. Um, so now, uh, are you playing music now, or are you doing anything? I am that not. Band? I'm like really not playing at all. Like since I've moved, I'm living in Buffalo now. Yeah. Um, I'm really just kind of like turned into this kind of suburban family. So you're in the um, you're in the dad bubble. Kind of, you know, like you know, because it's funny because it's that whole time I was doing the bands. This was like the thing I never wanted to do. You know, like I was right. like, I don't want to live in the suburbs. I don't want to have a family. I don't want to have kids. I don't want to do this. It's almost like that being so against it almost made it attractive now that I'm, you know, like it's almost like I'm like I'm rebelling against myself in a way. Right. It's very strange. Like I have a house and uh, two kids now and, yeah. and, you know, I'm actually really loving it. <laughs> actually, I love, you know, I, I love hanging out with my kids and um, my family, my wife and um we have this nice little, I don't know, it's weird. It's like something that I thought I would never do, yeah. you know, especially when I was younger. I was always like, no way, man. You know, it was almost like the, the descendants, like, yeah. you know, I want to be classified. I was, you know, um, 
sort of thing. But uh, I'm really quite enjoying it actually. But I haven't. I would like to play again. I just haven't been, um, truthfully. Um, and I don't know why. I mean, I just uh, I was there was a band that kind of asked me like that I tried out for some band. I wasn't chosen actually. The lead singer of Seaweed was chosen instead of me. But um, this band called uh, Ghost Work. Um, I was going to do some, but that was, but it's all, at this point, it's all stuff that like, they're like, we'll do it over the internet, you know, we'll send you some music and you sing, and I'm not super into that idea, because right. I like, for a band, I like to kind of actually get in a room with them and play, right. and hash out songs together, you know, yeah. like, yeah. doing stuff all online, and it just, I don't know, I and mean, that's kind of how Highness did it in a way, we would get together now and then, but it's pretty not sterile. enough. I mean, the one of the reasons Chrissy French and I kind of got where they were, we would just we would literally practice four or five times a week for hours at yeah. a time, you know, and uh, we just played, 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 and that's you know kind of how we weren't great musicians, you know, but I think we ended up being a lot better than you know. Just I mean, it's just pra- practice is huge, you know, and like yeah. I like getting in a room with yes, people and like so like. Very important. Um, in fact, I, that's one of the problems with Golden City is like I wanted to practice a lot like, more than some of the other members, and I think they kind of saw me as like a slave driver. Like, no, we're going <laughs> to practice like no Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, even like in you know, yeah. and uh, they're like, well, I have I have a life. I'm like, well, no, but if you don't, if you want to do this, we gotta we gotta practice. Yeah. Um, you want to sound but, good and do a good job. You got to put the time in, man. <laughs> I love and I love practicing. I love getting in a room with people and just playing. You know, like yeah. it's, that's where it's at for me. Um, so like doing this like digital like sending stuff back and forth that just it doesn't appeal to me. Um, I've had a few offers to do that, and there's some people who are really good. There's um kid I talked to online who was like the drummer of Minus the Bear. Like he wanted me to do something, and I listen. It's really cool, but the stuff he's doing, it's just I don't know if I want to do a long distance band. Yeah. You know. I know, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. I've been wanting to play, get start playing again myself, and just it's been since 2007 since I actually. Like, oh, it's been that band, long. So, yeah. So it's been a while. So, uh, Eric, yeah. I just, I man, that's it. I don't want to take up any more of your time, man. I, I got to, uh, uh, I got great information. I, I was just, I've learned so much about you. Uh, besides listening to your music all these years and now I'm going to I'm going to go on and listen to some of that other stuff too now to even a little bit deeper cuz I'm really kind of opened my eyes up to some wanting to listen to some new stuff so um, what kind of stuff you what stuff you're speaking of the like my stuff or the stuff I was talking about uh, all the stuff you were talking about anything Curious. that you've done yeah I mean I'm going to check oh. out all the other work that you've done and uh really uh I'm very proud of the Anarcha stuff and the the Golden City stuff I was really proud of yeah. um one of one stuff I think I could make one good album one good album out of the two and a half albums we made right, right. <laughs> you know but um, but yeah I mean the Gold City and the Highness stuff was really cool it was this that was another but it was it was done kind of long distance and yeah. um, it worked out we actually used a couple Golden City songs in, on that record that oh, did you? we had recorded and didn't use um, but it's cool you know it's definitely like harder edged because um a guitar player and Brent, they were kind of in a band that was a lot heavier, kind of more hardcore. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say hardcore, but definitely heavier. Yeah. So I was like, I think the one thing that went wrong is my voice doesn't really lend to like really heavy music. Right. Um, it's just like, I have a very kind of, um, 
you know, I'm better at like melodic, softer stuff, you know, yeah. like if you put really heavy stuff, I can't sound very convincing heavy, you know, I'm just like, right. I can't do anything like I can't do it. Yeah. I would love to. I would love to be a screamer. I'm so yep. jealous of singers who can like scream and get that um, heavy note, that low, amazing vocals. I yeah. wish I could do that. I just can't <laughs> do it. I just sound ridiculous doing it. Yeah. So I kind of got stuck in a genre. But um, anyways, I don't want to. I'm sorry. I'm dragging this. No, up. it's um, totally but, fine. It's it's it's. I'm I'm glad that you're sharing. It's it's good to know. It's good to know. It's very important to know. Like because as artists, we're all individuals, but we all share so much in common. And it's like to hear the love of music, thing. basically. Yeah, it's all about yeah. the love of music, and that's—I yeah. mean, I still have it. I mean, I still listen to music constantly. You know what I'm kind of doing now? Now I'm older. I'm kind of like revisiting the stuff that I missed because I was so into punk yep. and metal and whatever. Like, you know, I went through a huge Bob Dylan phase. You know, like I've been listening to a lot of jazz, like Thelonious uh, okay. Monk and Coltrane oh, sure. and Miles. I'm like, I'm obsessed with Miles Davis. Yeah. So like, I'm kind of like listening to stuff like that I didn't listen to before that I kind of missed because I was just like, you know, I'm not gonna listen. You know, I don't listen to jazz. You know, yeah. but I'm realizing how much I love like everything. You know, and how yep. much and. Because I used to hate Bob Dylan, but I just went through a phase where I listened to him for like four months straight, like of all the, you know, oh, wow. like, God, this guy's amazing. Yeah. But, um, you know, but I wouldn't listen to it before because it wasn't cool at the time, you know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but then we don't realize know. how punk he kind of was at the time. Like, he was. Oh, he was super he was punk. punk. I mean, like, fuck. he was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, he, what he did, when he went on that tour and he was playing to all those. Those kids who thought he was going to play folk, you know, like yeah, they were like those folk people, and you know, like, and, shit, and he's like, fuck you. And he played with them, yeah, just playing loud, and they're yeah. like booing him and calling him Judas and all that stuff. Yeah, he's like, fuck you. Yeah, that, that's just, that, <laughs> yeah. that's like I said, that's, that's the idea of it, you know, like as an artist, yeah. you can't tell artists what to do, and the artists are always going to express themselves the way that they express themselves. But can you imagine these people were booing like you know he was playing stuff like off of Highway 6200. Right. He was playing like you know Rolling Stone, like some of the greatest music ever recorded, and yeah. they're booing it. Yeah, you know, like it's insane. <laughs> and he's playing with the band, like one of the greatest bands ever. You know, yeah. and it's like these people are like boo. You, <laughs> you wouldn't like, catch me doing that. You? Wouldn't catch me doing. Do you ever that. wonder if they feel bad about it now? Those people. Oh, I'm you know, sure. Like they're like we were like well, we were we were witnessing one of the greatest Moments like live time. shows ever, and yeah. we booed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like insane. Whoops. I wish we had Instagram back then. Um, oh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> anyways, I'll, let you, I'll, I'll keep going. But um, anyways, uh, but yeah, I appreciate the, you know, I'm sorry it took so long to no. get a hold of me. You no, know? It's, it, it always takes time to get a hold of the people I want to talk to the most. And it kind of, that kind of helps uh, work out the chemistry a little bit over time, you know, sure. like, and it's. Because it's like everyone's busy, everyone, you know, you get older, everyone has a life. So and everyone that I've interviewed has usually taken between about a year or two to get on the show. So because that's how DIY I am. Like, I just I just wait, you know, like and when people are ready to talk about it, then that's when they're ready to talk about it. And, and I'm well, so God appreciative of it. <laughs> Yeah, God so. love you. You're doing the, you're doing the, well. I'm glad there's still people who have the passion and everything like you. And, this uh, is kind of like my version know, of that's a zine. What happen. You know, so. All right. So, Eric, again, thank you for your time. Uh, thank the you pleasure for your, was mine. Yeah, thank you for your musicianship, and you have yourself a great weekend, and best to you and uh, yours. All right, we'll keep in touch. All right, Eric, take care, man. All right, cheers. Cheers. All right, folks, that was it. That was Eric. Eric Richter from Christie Front Drive. What? Thanks again, Eric. You guys take care. Cheers. Deuces.